when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps, I am uber excited. I have a friend from way over the pond. And when I say way over, man, he's all the way over in Romania, the home of Dracula. And I'm not going to get into any, uh, you know, Romanian accents because i really can't do one and i don't really (laughs) like biting people in the neck but anyways his name is bogadon roshu and he's with bogadon roshu coaching and consulting bogadon how are you doing man exceptional exceptional dracula says hi he said um yo do your best on the podcast on the bacon podcast that's cool he's not a big fan of bacon but my girlfriend absolutely is so we're in the right place that's awesome. Have you ever been to his castle? Yeah, we we fly there every night. Wow. Also, uh, Rom- Romanian vampire. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still around. That's baddie, dude. Um, anyways, so we're not here to talk about, you know, biting people in the neck and sucking blood. We're talking about basically protecting your business from yourself. And the real key thing that we're trying to do is mm. how to protect your business from the punches you cannot see. And that's what we're going to talk about. But before we dive into that, I want to learn your backstory and share it with my audience. So how did you go from somebody teaching Win Chun, everybody Win Chun tonight? No, it's completely different. Win Chun is a martial <laughs> art. How did you go from doing that to helping business people deal with the punches in their business? Well, you know, in all honesty, uh, when I started teaching Win Chun in, uh, in Romania, my coach back then i you know i walked him through what i was doing in the school and he said look you don't have a martial arts school you have a personal development through martial arts school and that knocked me over the head so hard and it made so much sense because what i really really enjoy i've you know i trained martial arts since i was 13. i don't teach anymore um i did that for six years back then but what i really enjoyed besides the actual physical training were the conversations that you know i i always felt elevated after every time the instructor spoke and you know talked about nutrition talked about life talked about confidence so that's what i wanted to give back to the world but in time i actually realized that i was hiding behind the martial arts and uh using it as an excuse because what i really wanted to do was have like deep conversations like this and it was a very hard pit to, to swallow basically because I thought I was this badass martial artist, but you know, I actually enjoy talking about people's feelings. Mm-hmm. And so basically what you had was a blind spot. Yeah. You didn't actually see what your business was all about. And you know, I can relate to that 110% because when I wrote my books and things, I thought I was going to be this instructor right. for people. And I would learn things and teach things to people. One of the things that I realized is people didn't want to learn 
they wanted the outcome. And so I had to kind of reinvent what I did. And that was a blind spot with me. So when you're working with people, you know, obviously in martial arts, your goal is to not have any blind spots to protect yourself. How do you help people identify blind spots in their business? What are they missing? It's very difficult to talk about because um, it's something very intuitive and it's very in the moment. Um, if we start diving into it and I ask you, for example, you know, what's going on? What do you want? What's not working? Usually from the first sentence, I can tell what's wrong. Mm -hmm. So after that point, it's literally a process of asking you the right questions so that you get to where I'm at and see yourself from my point of view, let's say. But what that does is it really allows you to decide what you want to do with it. As long as it's hidden, you have no idea that it's really controlling your life. Mm -hmm. What's the most common thing that you hear from people when they first start answering those questions? It's always, almost always, always a, a variation of uh, I'm not enough. I don't feel enough. I'm not capable enough. Um, you know, when you're looking, like, for example, I have one client who had multiple spas, like these float spas. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me about the time when he had this really, really exceptional dude come to, to the spas to be hired. But what he was thinking was, why would this guy ever want to work for me? But my client was exceptional, right? He was a bit messy in his uh, thinking and a bit disorganized, but he would have been a really, really good leader. So what happened was because in that moment when, when he didn't actually hire the guy, he didn't know exactly what he was uh, doing or what was going on within. He could talk about it only in hindsight. So he missed out on the opportunity of having a really, really exceptional leader in his team because he wasn't aware of the fact that he didn't feel enough as a leader. And that totally makes sense. I mean, a lot of times we, we tend to focus on external things, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like the, you don't see it. You, it. The reason it's happening is because, you know, this person did this, this client did this, you know, it's in today's economy, it's, you know, it's the pandemic, it's supply chain, it's all those kind of things. And, and they're big problems, but we tend to blame it on something else. So how do we turn those cursings that are sitting around us into blessings kind of like you know when you're working in martial arts you've got somebody who's trying to hit you how do you turn their energy into basically a defense you know how do you use their energy to protect yourself every attack is an opportunity mm -hmm. every single time your opponent or rather life attacks you and you know tries to knock you out what they're doing actually is they're also creating an opening. They're also creating an opportunity for you to go in. In a sense, the smart fighters want to be attacked. They want to be rushed because when they're rushed, they can counter. But it takes, if we are to make this visually, uh, a more visual example, imagine somebody rushing you, trying to punch you. What you need to do first is what? What's going to happen if you step forward? Right, you're going to get hit. <laughs> exactly. So what is necessary first is you need to either step back or step to the side in order to counter the person and knock them out, right? But here's what most of us 
don't understand. We take the attack full on, we take it on the jaw, we, uh, you know, we fight like Rocky Balboa, and then we wait for our prize. But that's not the smart way of doing it. So what does that mean, basically? In order for you to see the opportunity in the attack, be it the economy, be it COVID, whatever, you need to step back first and see the bigger picture, relax into it. Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of reacting to what the person is doing. And that's that's one of the things that I've learned over the years is we are so knee deep in the fight. You know, our minds are yep. racing. We don't have that control that we can't see the forest from the trees. And and I've learned through the years, it's whether it's through coaches, through masterminds, through something mm -hmm. that you need to have that outside perspective to see, okay, that was really good, but here's what you could have done better. If you would have left, you know, basically you lead with your right foot. And if you would move your left foot first, you would actually, because of person's right-handed, you would basically deflect what's going on better. So that exactly. outside perspective is so important, right? Exactly right. And there's another example of turning curses into blessings, right? I'm sure you have moments when you look at your past and say, oh my God, that was stupid. Or, oh my God, this happened to me, right? Why did it happen to me? Um, I had a conversation uh, a few weeks ago with uh, this, you know, pretty... I could say high performer, you know, multimillionaire, but he, he had a point in his life where he lost everything. He got, I think I shared the story with you after our, our conversation, our previous conversation. Um, his family screwed him out of mm -hmm. his, you know, money and he literally had to start over. And he had built up so much resentment towards his family. He had points in his journey of recovering, you know, what he built that he almost died. But I said, look, mm -hmm. I have this magic wand, right? I'm going to wave my magic wand and um, this event in your life will just disappear. Basically, you're, you know, you got your money, you got your pension, you're relaxing on a beach. But with that, you don't get to keep who you are today. He became a better leader, a better entrepreneur. His family life was much better than ever. And he got it. It wasn't that the thing happened to him. It always happened for him. It happened to help him elevate to a next level, to a level that he wouldn't have imagined before. So when you step into life with this perspective that literally everything is a blessing, life becomes pretty interesting. Very true. And there was one good friend of mine who told me once, he said, holding on to hatred for another person or holding on to the past is like taking a poison pill and hoping somebody else dies. And once you get to that point where you can just let it go and let it go behind you, all of a sudden you get into this place of Zen. It's like you're, you're releasing, you're giving yourself permission to forgive and forget. And, and I think that what it does then is takes you to a place of Zen, right. you know, it takes you to a place where you're calmer and you're not getting all of these voices in your head, basically beating you up and throwing punches at you. Right. So yes. how do we take that and create freedom and peace so that we can better deal with these things and, and get to a place where, you know, you're not, you finished the fight and now you're kind of going and meditating and saying, okay, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? But let it all go and let's move forward. Right. 
Well, when you realize that your opponent is not the economy, uh, it's not your team that's underperforming, it's not your spouse that doesn't get you, or you know the fact that you maybe don't have enough time, or all the responsibilities that you have on your plate, your opponent, your prison, is literally those thoughts that you pointed out before. The self-talk, the, you know, looking at your past and then repeating that past over and over and over again. Oh, I better be careful because otherwise this is going to happen again, right? So when you start to set yourself free of these thoughts and uh, just like you mentioned, you forgive, you accept, and you understand. Like, I mean, think of it this way. Can you think of an episode in your life that... I think I asked you this also before in our previous conversation, an episode where something was really, really difficult in your life. And you said, oh my God, it's the end. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a time I was penniless, a homeless and living on my sister's couch. I mean, I went from running a half million dollar company to absolutely zero. Mm, exactly. And how instrumental was that episode to the person you are today? Today, it absolutely is 100% in the core of my being. It was being set, basically, it was like a digital reset. It's like when your phone doesn't work, you turn it off, mm -hmm. and it comes back fresh. <laughs> and you have a completely different perspective. Right. Your memory is clear, everything works better, and you have a sense of the true, uh, the true capabilities that you have to overcome. You know, it becomes a more positive than a negative. Right. But for Brian back then, when you were going through it, it felt hard, it felt difficult, almost felt impossible to get out of it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there was no, there was no way out of it. I mean, in the moment, you know, you're just sitting here looking at, oh, my God, look what happened, you know, and there's, and of course, you know, you go down the road of it's this person's fault, it's that fault, it's this, yes. it's, it's everybody else's fault, but my own. Yes. And, and then once I let that go, and then took responsibility for it, and then started to learn from it and realize how much of a gift I got. Mm. You know, it's kind of, it reminds me a lot, especially this time of year of It's a Wonderful Life. You know, what would, what would it be like if you'd never been born? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why that movie so resonates with me now, because I was there. And I would challenge that, not necessarily challenge, but extend that question to what would life be like if that shitty, horrible event in my life would have never been born, right? So like, think of it this way, if you take that step back and you feel the certainty of everything that's happening for you, uh, everything that's happening in your life is literally happening for you, especially the things you don't want, how are you gonna approach the, the next quote unquote crisis in your life? Well, simply now you look at you look at challenges as opportunities and not as deterrents, you know, so you're not looking at them as punches, you're looking at them as opportunities to deflect and actually use that energy to move you forward. Right, it's easy to do that with challenge, but how are you going to approach crises, right, when you're losing, literally losing everything the next time that that happens, right? Right. So most most people enter into a state of panic. But the state of peace that I'm referring to is, you know what? I had nothing to begin with when I started, and yet here I am. Whatever happens, happens. I'm going to do my best for sure. But you know what? This company doesn't necessarily define me. I, it, this company came from me, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Right? So that gives you 
paradoxically, that state actually makes you a lot more creative and unlocks the freedom to see more of the blind spots, to see more of the opportunities that you're not seeing right now because you have this tunnel vision of stress of, I don't want to lose, right? So something that I really, really enjoyed about Wing Chun was this um, offensive mentality because you had it was more of an offensive um, attack-driven martial art rather than a defensive, right? So when you're scared to lose, mm-hmm. you lose. But when, you, when you're being proactive and you don't care, this is the warrior mindset, right? You don't care, live or die. You just be in the moment and you're free. Those people are the most dangerous. Dude, you really are a vampire, aren't you? You can fly, I can tell. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, no, because you, you've got such a great concept of the mind and, you know, and getting, and this is the true thing I think that a lot of people challenge uh, themselves with is why are things happening to me it's not that it's what can i do with the things that are happening to me exactly. so that's a you know it's more of that aggressive mindset so give my audience an example of somebody who started out in that you know getting beat up mode and then finally overcame it in a way that you felt like was you know exceptional and unique well one of my first clients actually um he had this really crappy team <laughs> and he initially, it's like, it's always, people think they hire me for something, but it's always, always, always something else, right? Even when we start a conversation, people think they want something, but it's, it's you know, the thing is never the thing. So his team was constantly underperforming. And uh, the worst part was that his team were also his friends, his close friends. Um, when we started working together and got him to set some clear standards to have a bit more self-love, a bit more self-respect and say, you know, this goes, this doesn't, this is okay, this isn't. His friends, his team members didn't really like it. So he lost two of them. But that devastated, literally devastated him because his identity was, mm, I, I don't wanna be a boss. I wanna be a friend, right? We're family or things like that. And he, you know, overnight he lost his family. So he got really depressed and I think it was for like two or three weeks, he just couldn't get himself to make a sale. And he thought, oh, you know, the market's not where it needs to be. Oh, COVID, you know, everybody's stressing with COVID and so on. So exactly what you were mentioning, you know, projecting externally. And I said, look, here's why you're not making sales. You wanna know? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, of course I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the reason why you're not making sales is not because of COVID. It's because you're you're exceptional at sales and people really trust you. It's not that you're afraid that you're going to be rejected. You're afraid that you are going to make a lot of sales and you are going to make a lot of money. And all of a sudden you need a team again and you're going to hire these people. And you're afraid that your history is going to repeat itself, right? Because you're still thinking about what happened. But and basically those are these people are going to leave you again. But here's why that's not going to happen. And what you're afraid of is literally impossible. You're a different leader. You have standards. You have self-respect, self-love. And if you would have asked him before, he would have said, of course, I have self-respect and confidence. Right. But your business is telling me a different story. So 
he had unlocked those attributes in himself of self-respect and, and standards uh, for his team. And he understood that what happened couldn't happen again. And I think a week or so later, he went from closing $3,000 deals to closing $18,000 deals. So that's, you know, that's a success story that I'm really, really proud of and, and I'm happy for him. It's a good one. And um, it, it totally makes sense. Again, it's not understanding, you know, from your own perspective, what's going on. And something, something else in terms of freedom that I really insisted with him, I told him, don't celebrate having made the sale, celebrate having made the offer. So I got him into that mindset of um, live or die. That's okay. So his goal wasn't to win or to make the sale. He, his goal was literally to be there and do the thing and celebrate regardless of the outcome. And of course he got rejected and, you know, it's sales. What, what can you expect? But I think the biggest contribution to that up level uh, for himself was just being setting himself free of the need of a specific thing to happen. So Bogdan, we've talked about a lot of things today. We've talked about Wing Chun, martial arts, protecting yourself, opening your mind, vampires. I mean, we've covered a lot of different things, <laughs> but I'm sure my audience is going to want to know more about you and the services you provide. And if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? I think the podcast would be great, but um, also on LinkedIn. So um, on LinkedIn, I'm just B-O-G-D-A-N-R-O-S-U. Um, and in terms of listening to the podcast, they can check out our interview together. It's called the Power PWR hyphen uh, Become Happy and Wealthy podcast. Awesome. Well, Bogadan, thank you so much for coming on and helping us with our mindset and dropping some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps today. I greatly appreciate it. I'm sure my audience appreciates it, man. Thank you so much and have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for the awesome conversation. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon. <laughs>